and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar, and in this next series, we are focusing on getting to know Jesus through the witness of Matthew, the former tax collector, whom Jesus called to help spread the good news of salvation. We need to trust in something that is eternal, not of this world. That is Jesus Christ, our confident hope. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to study the Bible for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what His Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the Word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dive in. Matthew 21. If Jesus came back today, would you be ready? Today, Palm Sunday is celebrated all over the world as the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey's colt. However, its meaning goes much deeper than people shouting Hosanna and waving palm branches. It was his time. Jesus had been preparing his disciples for what would be happening in just a few days. But the Jews in general, Jerusalem, and definitely the Jewish leaders were not ready for him. It's not like God hadn't warned the Jews. Jesus here is fulfilling several biblical Old Testament prophecies. The problem was that the Jewish leader, the Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of religious law, and the Sanhedrin were so close-minded and hard-hearted that they didn't see the truth when it was right in front of them. Unfortunately, the same thing happens with many people today, especially those involved and entangled in religion. And the question is, if Jesus came back today, would you be ready? Let's dig in. We're in Matthew chapter 21. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, for your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And that's Zechariah 9.9. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people all around were shouting, praise God or Hosanna in Greek for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Well, you know, John wrote about this day in John 1:11, And that reads, he came to his own people and even they rejected him. And Luke told of the angels singing about this. In Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Yeah, the Christmas passage. Do you have peace? 
Zechariah's prophecy was written five centuries earlier, and this is the from Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Zion is Jerusalem. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And here's a quote from one of the Bible studies in the free version Bible app. It's from third millennium. Jesus entered Jerusalem riding on the colt of a donkey in order to fulfill the prophecy of Zechariah 9. The donkey was significant because it was the mount ridden by kings during times of peace when they were confident that there were no threats against them. This symbolic action was intended to display Jesus' confidence as Israel's rightful king to affirm those that were faithful to his kingdom message and to rebuke those that weren't. This was also prophesied in Psalm 118, which is one of the Psalms that the Jews sang during the, Pas during the festival of Passover. And that is even older than Zechariah's prophecy. And if you click on over to my blog, which the link is in the show notes, um, uh, I have links so you can read Psalm 118 for yourself. You should read the whole thing. I mean, it's not that it's not that long, but it's 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 very powerful. And to think people were were um, were singing this even back in David's time. Okay, for for whenever they had to go to pass to Passover, they had to they had to go to Jerusalem. They had to ascend to Jerusalem, which Jerusalem is built on on hills. Um, and so this is part of the Psalms of Ascent, where um, um, which people sang as they walked to Jerusalem. All right, continuing. Jesus clears the temple. Verse twelve. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. That's Isaiah 56, 7 and Jeremiah 7, 11. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, praise God for the son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied, haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, you have taught children and infants to give you praise. That's Psalm 8, uh, verse 2. Then he returned to Bethany where he stayed overnight. Here's some thoughts on that. When Jesus cleaned house, he was taking a stand for righteousness. We are called to stand firm in our faith and take a stand for what is right. Where do you see wrong in this world? All over. Parents, what are your children being taught or not taught in schools? U.S. citizens, we are seeing our freedoms being taken away, freedoms that many have fought and died for. Christians, seeing innocent babies being murdered because they are an inconvenience. Lord, help us to be bold in our faith and stand firm for what is right and for a biblical worldview. Wouldn't you rather stand with God and be judged by man than stand with man and be judged by God? The main problem in the temple was greed. What does your house look like? For born-again Christians, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Would Jesus approve of what you watch, read, and or listen to? What you eat? Is it time to spring clean your life? Going on. 
Jesus curses the fig tree, verse 18. In the morning, Jesus was returning to Jerusalem. He was hungry, and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. Now, the, uh, this little parable here of fig tree um, goes way deeper than what's here because the fig tree represents Jerusalem. Now, I did a podcast last year on this, and I embedded it in my blog, so you can click on over there. It's about in the middle of the of the blog. Why did Jesus curse the fig tree? Okay. Um, finishing the chapter, Jesus puts the Pharisees in their place. The authority of Jesus is challenged. Verse 23. When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? I tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask us why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believed John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. The parable of the two sons. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. And the son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. The parable of the evil farmers. Now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking, surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmers saw his coming, they said to one another, here comes the heir to this estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard, and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returns, what do you think he will do to these farmers? The religious leaders replied, he will put the wicked men in a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will give him a share of the crop after each harvest. Then Jesus asked them, didn't you ever read 
this in the scriptures. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. And that's also from Psalm 118. I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone it falls on. When the leading priests and Pharisees heard this parable and they realized he was telling the story against them, they were the wicked farmers. They wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowds who considered Jesus to be a prophet. Since the Jewish leaders rejected Jesus, thus the gospel will be preached to the Gentiles who would spread it all over the world. And we see that, and, and Luke tells us all about that in the book of Acts. And I uh, did a study um, on the book of Acts, which I highly recommend. And you go check it out. I've gone over to my blog, click where it says uh, in-depth Bible studies, and you can find the, the book of Acts there. Well, here's a question for you. Have you rejected the truth about Jesus? This day, Palm Sunday, began the most important week in history. And um, you can click on over my blog, and I have other Bible studies in Luke 19, John 12, and then last year I did Palm Sunday, a walk through Holy Week. So if Jesus came today, would you be ready? If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way, non-stop ticket to heaven, and that you won't be left behind at the rapture, what you have to do is invite Jesus into your heart. If you're not sure how to do that, if you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says, says um, how to invite Jesus into your heart. And also at the bottom of my blog today, I embedded three um, new songs, actually four, 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 four songs, four songs um, that we sang in our church service today on Sunday. So uh, I hope you enjoy them because they tell the story. They tell the truth. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want 
anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.